For our second scripture reading today, we are going to be in the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 7, reading verses 13 and 14. You can find it in your pew Bibles on page 1506, 1506. Matthew chapter 7, verses 13 and 14. Enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction, and many enter through it. But small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life, and only a few find it. Thus sends our reading of God's infallible word. May all who hear it find that small gate and take that narrow road. How many of you like driving on wider lanes rather than narrow lanes? Yeah? Sure. Did you know that the, the government has done studies on lane width? And what they found is that the, the broader the lane, the, the faster people will drive. The notion is that when there is space, people feel safer and more comfortable, and so they increase their speed. This is why the lanes on, on highways are typically much wider than the lanes that you'll see in cities. Those will typically be much more narrow. It's one way that the government can regulate speeds. But let's be honest, we, we all prefer the, the open road to the constricted alleyway, right? The, the wideness, it brings us that feeling of comfort and freedom that we all desire. In our scripture for today, we're looking at two different gates that lead to two different roads. The, the, the first gate is, is wide, leading to a broad road, while the second gate is, is very small, it's tiny, and it leads to this narrow, narrow path. But before we jump in and talk about those two roads, those two gates, let's, let's review where we've come from. We've been going through Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. And if you were to outline his message into its major segments, what you would find is that there is, there is a direction or a flow in which Jesus is bringing us. He, he moves from blessings to identity to instruction to warning. You see, Jesus began in Matthew 5, verses 1 through 12, speaking by speaking blessings to his disciples in the Beatitudes. Then in verses 13 through 16, he spoke to their identity of being salt and light. Then from verse 17 all the way to the end of chapter 7, verse 12, we get this long section on living that righteous life that the law and the prophets testify. It is that kingdom lifestyle to which all who follow Jesus should strive to live. And now today we, we enter our last segment where Jesus gives to his disciples three warnings with eschatological undertones. These are warnings that speak about the day of God's judgment. Now, if you were to look at the first three sections, blessings, identity, and instruction, 
what you would find is that this is how the Christian life works. A man is first blessed through the preaching of the gospel message. Then he is given a new identity in Christ. And then he begins to live out this identity, live out this new way of living by following the instruction of our Lord. So it makes sense that, that Jesus would end his sermon with, with three warnings in order that these disciples might listen to his words and enter in the kingdom of heaven. This is where we are at today. The first of Jesus' three warnings. And the way that Jesus warns us is by, by the use of illustrations. Illustrations which, which contrast opposites. First, he compares two gates and the roads that they lead to. Then he draws the distinction between two trees and the fruit that they bear. And finally, he, he demonstrates the differences between two builders and the houses they build. Now, before we dive into this initial warning, we must first understand the, the historical background to the roles of gates and roads in the first century. First, the gates. These gates, they were entrances and exits to enclosed cities. You see, as a, as a form of protection, most of the major cities were, were walled off, so, so a gate was necessary for passage in and passage out. Now, an ideal gate would be wide enough to allow traffic in and out at the same time. So a wide gate was a sign of a prosperous city. If a gate was too narrow, if it was too restricting, then it, then it could cause unwanted traffic. And if it was narrow enough, you wouldn't even be able to get a cart through. In other words, a, a small gate was bad for business. Likewise, a, a broad road was always preferable. Travel in the first century was not an easy task. Fortunately, the, the Romans, they had created this system of roads connecting all these major cities to one another. And these wide roads were easier to travel and created a safer environment. Particularly because caravans would have a simpler time staying together. There's safety in numbers. You see, one of the dangers of traveling back then were, were, were thieves. These thieves, they would often hide out along stretches of road, lying in wait for their victims. But if you were part of a larger group, a large caravan, you were less likely to be attacked and robbed. But if all you have is, is a narrow path, traveling in a pack would be difficult to do. It was along these narrow roads that typically went through canyons or, or between hills where, where thieves would hide in the shadows. Now the other thing that a wide gate and a broad road had to offer was the ability to, for, for a person to carry with them all of their stuff, all of their wares. If they, if they wanted to sell in another city, they could bring all of that with them. They could just simply load up the wagon and bring whatever they wanted. But if the gate and the path was narrow, then a wagon was not an option. The only thing uh, uh, that a person could take with them is, 
is what was necessary for the journey, what was necessary for their survival. Simply stated, the, the wider the gate, the more prosperous the city, and the broader the road, the safer the journey. Plus, you wouldn't have to leave anything behind, but could carry a lot of baggage. This is the context of our passage for today. So let's look at our verses and see what Jesus has to say. Matthew 7, verses 13 and 14. Enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction, and many enter through it. But small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life, and only a few find it. Given what we just learned, this advice seems backwards, doesn't it? I mean, the picture here is that of someone leaving a city and venturing off on a journey, and there are, there are two gates leading to two different roads. This first gate is wide and has many, many people passing through it. This is where the prosperous go, those who want to carry with them all of their stuff. For this wide gate leads to a broad road, and the broad road will safely take them to what they believe will be another prosperous city. On the other hand, we have the second gate, and it is small, it is tiny, and only a few find it. You can't take your wagon through it, and you can only carry what is truly necessary. It will take courage to, for one to pass through this, this gate, for, for it leads to a narrow road, a path that is dangerous and full of trouble. It is a constricted way, not allowing safety in numbers. It is a route filled with vile thieves just, just waiting to strike. And its destination, it can't be that great, right? Otherwise, they would have made the road wider. Am I right? And yet, what does Jesus say? Enter through the narrow gate. You see, even though the, the, the wide gate and the broad road seems like the wiser choice, Jesus tells us that its final destination is destruction. You may think that it leads to a prosperous city, but in the end, you will be fooled. On the other hand, it is this dangerous path, the gate that is small and the road that is narrow that leads to life. True prosperity is where you least expect it. And for these disciples, this had to be a shocking but poignant illustration. So what exactly is Jesus getting at here? Think about the context. Jesus had just delivered a teaching that was hard to swallow. He, he had preached about being blessed when you mourn. And blessed when you're persecuted. He spoke about taking on the identity of being salt and light as you preserve God's word and, and are a lamp in a darkened land. He taught about living that kingdom lifestyle. It was, a, it was a message where God's law was taken to new heights, where one's innermost thoughts can condemn a man. And the standard is perfection. 
He spoke about letting go of your own ways, those desires for prestige and wealth and security, and instead seeking God's kingdom in His righteousness. It's leaving your judgmentalness behind you while at the same time judging rightly. It's doing to others what you would have them do to you. This, this is a hard way to live. It is, a, it is a way of life that will cause you suffering and pain. It's, it's dying to oneself and living for God and living for others. Even if those others mock you and persecute you. It is choosing the small gate that leads to the narrow road where you can't take much with you and there is danger lurking around every corner. Now, if I were trying to convince someone to become a Christian, this is not the way that I would go about it. I mean, there's not much of a selling point there, is there? And yet, this is exactly how Jesus does it. He tries to convince you by telling you to sacrifice and suffer. Look at uh, Matthew chapter 19, verse 16. Now, a young man came up to Jesus and asked, Teacher, what good thing must I do to get eternal life? Why do you ask me about what is good? Jesus replied. There is only one who, who is good. <clears throat> if you want to enter life, obey the commandments. Which ones? the man inquired. Jesus replied, Do not murder. Do not commit adultery. Do not steal. Do not give false testimony. Honor your father and your mother. Love your neighbor as yourself. Sound familiar? I mean, this is pretty much what Jesus had been teaching on the Sermon on the Mount. And if we read a little further, we'll, we'll get even more of a glimpse of it. Look at verse 20. All these I have kept, the young man said. What do I still lack? Jesus answered, If you want to be perfect, go sell your possessions and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. Be perfect. Sell your possessions. Give to the poor. Treasure in heaven. This is just a condensed version of his sermon. Jesus is not being easy on this man. No, he said, if, if you want to truly find life, then the road that you have to take will be difficult. Listen, if your good news is not filled with hardship and sacrifice, then it is not the same message that, that, that Jesus gave. This isn't your best life now. Or, or a wonderful plan for your life. No. To follow Christ will be the hardest thing that you do. And there is no guarantee of a reward this side of heaven. Dear friends, that, that wide gate and that, that broad road, yes, it seems so appealing. It looks pleasant and charming. It appears safe and secure. But it is that way for a reason. For it wants to lull you to sleep. 
so that you won't see too far ahead, for its true destination is destruction. The Greek word used here is apoleia, and it, and it means destruction or, or loss or eternal ruin. It's to be completely severed or, or cut off from what could have been. It's to be damned for all eternity. And what is sad is that, is that many enter through this gate. They see the hard choices before them and they choose the easy path. Instead of taking up their cross and following Christ, they, they, they choose a safe route. But its end is destruction. Ask yourself, have you truly bent the knee to God's will? Or do you take the easy path when things get rough? Listen, the, the, the truth doesn't care about the majority opinion. The kingdom of God is not a democracy. Let God be true and every man a liar. These many who have entered that wide gate, they have rejected Christ in one form or another. They may think that they are on the right path, but they are deceiving themselves. Are you deceived? Or are you part of the few who have passed through the small gate and are traveling that narrow road? You see, God has, has placed a mandate on those who choose that narrow path. They are to speak the truth. They are to warn others. They are to help those who are lost so that they too can find that small gate. Understand this. Part of traversing the, the narrow road is having this willingness to be mocked or to be persecuted as you bring the gospel to others. You see, the many, they will not like what you have to say. But the suffering that you will endure will be worth it for those whom you lead to that small gate. After all, it was Christ who paved the road before you. He had created that gate when he entered our world and became a man. He then fashioned that narrow road as he led a righteous life that was pleasing to his Father. And that path led straight to the cross, where he died for your sins, bearing the punishment that you deserve. But the cross wasn't the final destination. No. For Jesus rose from the dead three days later, and he brings life to all who find this small gate and take that narrow path. For he is the gate. He is the narrow road. He is both the truth and the life. And no one comes to the Father except through him. Dear friends, the choice is before you. You can go through that wide, that wide gate. You can take that, that broad road. Sure, your life will be easier, safer, more pleasant. But its final destination is destruction. Or you can go through the small gate 
and take the narrow path. This is a life of sacrifice and suffering. It's a journey of letting go of your own desires and clinging on to God's. But its ultimate end leads to eternal life. This is why the, the author in the book of Hebrews encourages us with these words. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinful men so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Run the race set before you. Fix your eyes on Jesus. Enter through that small gate. And don't grow weary as you take that narrow road. Let us pray. Father, we confess that too often we are, we are drawn to that wide gate and the, and the broad road. They look pleasing to us and easy to travel. But Father, you have set before us a different route a path that is dangerous, a way that calls for sacrifice. Help us to enter through that narrow gate. Help us to leave behind all that hinders and, and stay focused on your Son. In order for us to do this, we need your help. We need your Holy Spirit. May you guide our steps this day, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen.